Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to speak with Kevin and Jacob of the band Ultra Q over Zoom video. Both Kevin and Jacob came from very musical households. Jacob's dad is Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day, and Kevin's dad is a very famous singer-songwriter. And they both talked to us about how they got into music and growing up in extremely musical households. Jacob got a guitar for his seventh birthday. He really didn't start playing it until uh, about 10, 11, and around 15 is when he started writing songs. The first variation of Ultra Q was a band called Danger, and then they changed their name to Mount Eddie when they got Kevin in the band. And he has a funny story of how he was able to, to join the band. And then around 2018 is when they switched their name to Ultra Q. They talked about putting out their first EP, the tour they did with that first EP, putting out their second EP right when COVID hit. And they also recorded an entire record in January that they kind of held on to. And four of those songs are on this brand new EP, and they added two additional ones. And we talk all about that. It's called Get Yourself a Friend. You can watch our interview with Kevin and Jacob on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Ultra Q. Rad, so this podcast is about you both and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Obviously, Jacob, I know you come from a very musical family, <laughs> that being said, but um, I would love to hear your story and uh, all about your new band and or uh, all about Ultra Q and, and the new record you have coming out. Yeah, um, to start from the beginning, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll kick it off. You, uh, originally from Oakland, California? Yep, I was born in Berkeley and then grew up in Oakland and then I don't where were we born. I don't know where we were. We both born in the same hospital. Oh, no, we were in the same <laughs> hospital. Yeah. All debates? Yeah. All the, look at that. There oh, yeah. you go. Same hospital. I love that. Yeah. Um <laughs> how yeah. far apart are you? Are you the same age? I'm 23 and he's 21. Oh, okay. So you're a couple of years uh older. Yeah. Right on. Well, Jacob, talk talk to me about, you know, obviously you grew up in a very musical household. Uh, was that something that you were drawn to early on? I know sometimes, you know, you could have an athlete father or whatever, and maybe you're not into sports or whatever. Like, was music always something that you're interested in? Uh, I think I was interested in it, but I, honestly, I had no desire to pursue music at all for the <laughs> longest time. Like, I don't know. I, I never thought anything of it until, you know, if anything, actually, I ended up, I wanted to go to college to be like a painter. That was my dream for a long time was I wanted to be a, a fine art painter. Like that was my, that was my, it was, it was a dream of mine at some point, but 
Um, I don't know. I, I started playing in a band um, and writing music when I was like 15, I'd say. And I just kind of did it for fun because I liked doing it. And it was, you know, I once I had heard bands like The Strokes and stuff that like was the start of that, you know, fire for guitar music for me, um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, honestly, like I, I didn't really think I was going to do it, you know, after school very much. And then I know I tried doing the other stuff. I tried doing, I went to college. I tried doing, um, you know, art, you know, I, I, I tried doing other things and I honestly, I just didn't love it nearly as much as I love music. It's, it's almost in a, in a weird way. I'm like, God, of course, like, of course the thing I love to do is music like that, you know, it couldn't have been <laughs> anything else. I would have taken anything else, but it just happened to be music though, you know? Uh, yeah, that's, so, that's yeah. Was 15 when you started playing uh, an instrument for the first time? No, I had, um, I started learning guitar when I was younger, when I was around like 11 or 12 and I was really into finger style guitar. Like I really loved like classical flamenco oh, guitar cool. and that was sure. what I wanted to learn. Um, and I got pretty, I mean, I, I feel like I would, I've forgotten most of it by now, but that was my initial guitar obsession was with like that type of stuff. Um, but I started playing, like, like I said, like the, when I heard the first strokes record that like, blew my mind and that was when i started to really want to learn like rock guitar and stuff so that's awesome what about you kevin how'd you uh how'd you get into music um well i i've sang like children's choir like through my whole childhood oh cool uh like classical stuff and i did that i ended up doing that all the way through high school um but i learned how to play bass for this band yeah really so you didn't play bass prior to that well i told him i did yeah he told us that he knew how to play bass but he had never played before and then uh he did learning to to join which was it worked i mean he showed up i remember you showed up to practice and knew all the parts so i wouldn't have known any different but but i guess yeah that's so funny so you were a singer then but never played an instrument was bass like, did you play guitar prior to playing bass or you just made, just fumbled your way through trying to learn bass for the band? I had taken, you know, six months of piano lessons a few years earlier and, you know, played like violin and stand up bass for oh. like four months in like fifth grade, like <laughs> everyone else or in like our school district. But um, singing was like my whole deal. And my dad is a really good bluegrass and americana musician mandolin and guitar player oh wow okay he also shreds on the banjo too but uh he's <laughs> like in that realm but, but your father's a musician as well yeah mm-hmm. tone deaf mom <laughs> of course <laughs> but, uh, but yeah i i kind of rejected music other than singing until i had the opportunity to start playing with these guys and i was mm-hmm. like okay dad now I need you to teach me, even though you've always wanted to, and I've always rejected it. It's like, now I really need you. Okay. So, so he, he would offer to teach you and you just weren't interested. I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Like he's, he's always wanted to teach me guitar or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like, all right, dad, now I need to pretend like I know how to play bass. So yeah. I need you to sit down with me for hours and hours every day for the next week and like yeah. teach me how to play. That's funny. That is really funny. And and Jacob, what about you? Did your dad uh, offer to teach you how to play early on, or was it just something you're um, like, ah, I feel like learning guitar? Honestly, I don't. Frankly, I mean, I remember getting a guitar for my birthday, a Red Stratocaster, when I was, um, I think I was seven years old. Uh, and but I never like I don't know. He, he never really like 
taught me how to play though i'd say i, I honestly learned how to play guitar on like watching youtube that was the way i really like, i just watched people play and that like i couldn't read tablature or music or any you know i i didn't know what an a chord was but i knew how to play it though you know until i was probably like 15 or like 14 or 15 so i learned mm -hmm. how to play just kind of like by watching youtube and stuff and that was my way yeah okay and kevin were you in another band before this band or is this your first band first band first band okay and okay, well now i'm curious how did you meet uh jacob and the rest of the guys in in yeah. the band? i will say so i met chris and enzo so chris and enzo are brothers and i met them uh in i'd say like second grade uh okay. we went to school together and chris was always i remember chris played at the talent show he played yyz by rush on drums you know as like an oh eight. wow yeah, he, was like, he was like a <laughs> prodigy drummer you know like he was insane but uh we both like joined the like school rock band like you know like after school jam thing uh -huh. and uh we just kind of started practicing like jamming together you know super young and we kept jamming all the way through high school and then you know me enzo and chris started playing together and then um and then uh we were like we need a bass player because enzo played guitar he didn't know how to, um and so we didn't have a bass player so then we met at, uh, kevin in high school i think how old are you like uh well i was going to their shows mm -hmm. before i joined as like a fan i went to like every show because i was friends with enzo mm -hmm. and, and basically yeah that like a year into that band at the time which was like the same guys just different name but yeah. was that was that danger was that is that yeah, the band okay that was danger, that's yeah. what i thought okay cool and i and then i came on played bass turned into mount eddie now we're at ultra q yeah okay okay so it was danger first so that was the band that you guys kind of formed jacob outside of school like the little rock yeah, band that was like school. i was probably 15 or 16 years old when we like we're a band now you know like because we right. haven't been playing together forever since i was like you know super young but we had never played a show you know i remember our first show too like we had just been me enzo and chris were just like practicing one day and then my dad came in the 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 room and was like hey like at the record store, there's a show going on tonight. Do you want to play? We were like, shit, okay. So, so like, <laughs> we, like, we were like, okay, we've been practicing. We're good. So we go and we play. And then it was like super spontaneous. We were super nervous. We played horribly, but it was so fun. And I so vividly remember because after the show, we were sitting outside and this guy came up to us. And at the time, I didn't know who he was, but he came up to us and he was like, can I take a Polaroid of you guys? And so he took a Polaroid. He gave us the Polaroid and we still have the Polaroid. That's cool. And and it turned fridge, out right? it's on our fridge and it turns out the it, the guy who took the picture was the singer of jawbreaker which is like one of our favorite bands and we were <laughs> oh, like wow at the time we didn't know though we, you know but it was like so cool because now it's like our first show we have a polaroid picture and it was the singer of jawbreaker who took that photo <laughs> and it's like super cool that but, is amazing that that is that's crazy i heard a story about um his name is blake right mm -hmm. he so the the word on the street was that i heard that he you know he wasn't like he was kind of struggling. He was playing like these random dive bars and stuff as a solo artist. And then <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but I heard Riot Fest offered uh, Jawbreaker a million bucks to play a headlining slot. Wow. And it was like, cha-ching, <laughs> let's do I it. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Riot Fest would be the festival to do that. So like yeah. they reunited for Riot Fest and then they did other shows after that. But that was like, hmm. he was like really, you know, just kind of bumming around playing these little shows. And then when, Somebody was like, "Hey, you should get Jawbreaker back together," and he did it for sure Riot Fest. Yeah, I don't really remember the whole sequence of events because I remember because I do remember they played the UC Theater in the Bay, which is like huge. Mm -hmm. you know, that's 
It's like a seventeen hundred person. Venue. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a big venue. So oh yeah, it's, I don't remember at Berkeley. Cool. Yeah, I was at, yeah. Was at I I lived up in the Bay Area for a little bit. I did cool. actually did radio on Live One Hundred Five. Oh no wow. way! Yeah. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. What what? It's called like what is it like Dan FM or something? Yeah, Dave FM is what it's Dave called. Dave FM. Yeah. There you go. Pretty, but but that's recent because it was yeah. bought by some other company. Yeah, it got bought by because uh, when I was there, it was owned by CBS, and then I think it got bought up by Intercom, and then it went to like Alt something, and uh-huh. yeah, that was the whole mess. But uh, that's funny. That's cool. Um, well, okay. So did you, pers- did you ever want to like pursue being a singer in a band, uh, Kevin or no, is it just, you just enjoyed singing? Actually, it was always actually, yes. I feel like I've never even talked about this with you, but like, no, I always, <laughs> I I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I always dreamed of being in a, in a rock band, but didn't play an instrument and didn't write music and only ever sang in like children's choir. It was like such a loaded dream. And then I had like this like one in a billion opportunity, like almost passed me by, but I grabbed it and like, uh-huh. um, so, but I never, but I've never done that before. I sing harmonies in ultra Q. Yeah. He, he sings pretty regularly. Well, but like, yeah, yeah. Um, it was always like, I always wanted to be like a rock star and it was a completely unrealistic dream. <laughs> Uh, but I just got super, super lucky. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, obviously you you met the right people and and you learned bass pretty quickly <laughs> enough to, te- to to where they thought you were just a bass player. Well, from, I wanted from... it really bad, you know. And I, and <laughs> when I and I was a fan of this band before I joined it, I probably went to fifteen or twenty Jacob Danger shows before I was in the band. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was going okay. every single one. And I was friends with Enzo, the guitar player. It wasn't just like... Yeah, you guys are in the same grade. Yeah, we were yeah. friends at school. But um, it was so funny. Like, it was always like, wow, how cool would it be if I could play in that band? You know, someone that does, you know, a 15-year-old that doesn't even play an instrument. Like, oh, I wish I could play in this band. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it all worked out. It all worked it out. It all worked out. Now you're playing with the band. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, Jacob, when you wrote your first song, like the early, early days, I mean, maybe was Danger the first project that you were writing music for? Yeah, I didn't even, I had no idea. Like I had just started writing songs because I wanted to try and write stroke songs. Like that was literally all I was trying. I was like, I'm just going to try and write the songs that sound like the strokes. <laughs> and um, I had like no intention of ever releasing music, honestly. And then um and then I just kind of ended up doing it accident. I don't know. I was like, I was put them on SoundCloud. I like got, you know, I got a chance to record a few of them. And I was like, okay, I have like three songs. So I put them out. And I, and I don't think I really realized what I was getting myself into, like that it was going to be like a thing, you know, that, um, you know, there's going to be people and there's going to be some people who love this, some people who hate it, you know, and it was mm-hmm. going to be like, a, I, I did not realize that that was what I, I was like. I'm just going to put out some music that I made. Like, why not? Um, you know, 16 year old me was just trying to have a good time. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really sit down. And I was like, I'm going to write music and be in a band. I just kind of, it just, it was very almost accidental. It just kind of happened, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I did it, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Were you, did you ever show those songs to your dad early on or like even your brother? I mean, your brother's a drummer and a, and a really yeah. successful band as well. Uh, uh, I, I, I probably, yeah, I showed him to my dad for sure, you know, and um, yeah, 
I don't know. It just kind of, I was like, yeah, here's, here's some stuff I have, you know, I just wrote some songs. <laughs> Did he give you any uh, constructive kind of, criticism you know, at all? Or? Like, no one knew I wrote songs. No. And I mean, they were very like supportive. There. It's like, yeah, this is cool, man. You should, you should do it. I think I, like they, no one knew I wrote songs. Like it was like, was not a thing that I like, they barely knew I played guitar, you know? <laughs> but, right. Right. But, uh, but I was like, all of a sudden, I mean, I think it was kind of a surprise. It was very much so like, Oh, there are some songs that he wrote there they are you know uh, that's that's but, amazing though that's really cool um yeah. and you guys haven't you had an ep out that came out in 2019 right yeah we we have we've released as ultra q two eps so far and the first mm -hmm. one was we're starting we're starting to get along which came out in 2019 mm -hmm. and then the second one was in a cave in a video game which came out in march of 2020 uh, okay so like right when the pandemic started yeah it was, it was <laughs> okay. like first month of the pandemic i wrote and we released an ep right there because <laughs> we were like why not <laughs> this is fun okay so when when you put out the the first ep what, what was it like to i mean were you on you played with the with them on the record then kevin so you had been in the band for a little bit at this time yeah at, at that i mean we've been a band now for a while like since 20 I mean, I've been in a band with Chris and Enzo since 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then Kevin joined the band in 2016, like the very end of 2016. Like the end of that year. And then we've been a band ever since. So that's going on like five or six years, you know. Is that um, when the name switched to Ultra Q when, when Kevin joined? That's when the name switched to Mount Eddie. Yeah. Oh, okay. So when does the name switch to Mount, when does it switch to Ultra Q? Switched to, we, so we all graduated high school. Uh -huh. It's Mount Eddie, and we were like, okay, we don't know if we're ever going to be a band again. So we kind of, so our band broke up. You know, we Mount Eddie ended, and mm -hmm. then you know I dropped out of school because you know turns out I'm not a painter. You know, who would have <laughs> thought? Uh, <laughs> then um, we were like, let's be a band again, and we decided. You know, one thing we realized was just how much our music taste had changed, and our like where our interest was headed was definitely a lot different than what our old band was. So same members, same people. We just changed our name to Ultra Q and that was 2018. The first Ultra Q song came out in 2019. 2019. But it was in the works for a little while. Before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that first EP came out 2019 as Ultra Q. Okay, cool, cool. And you toured the record, you said? Yeah, we've, we, we toured that with, we did a tour with uh, Together Pangea. Oh, and we cool. were with Bad Sons, too. Um, oh, yeah. I love that band. I actually yeah. interviewed Christo Bowman like a couple of years ago. Oh, on yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. That was such a fun tour. And, um, and that, that was also with Lily. Yeah. Also with this band called Lily. OK. We're really good friends with. Um, and uh, yeah. And then, you know, we went and then kind of pandemic happened right for that. You know? Uh, yeah. So you had this second record or second EP ready to go. Obviously, did you put it out in March, yeah. like right before the pandemic happened? Like, tell, tell me about the, the timing yeah. wise on this thing. Yeah. It, so pandemic happened and we had actually recorded a full album that we were going to release. But then, you know, pandemic happened. We we're like, well, shit, you know, we're not going to release this right now because we, we don't know if we're going to be able to play for the next few years, you know, like at the time that right. was brief. And um, so we ended up, I got home and I just recorded a brand new thing. And it was like this chip tune, almost like pseudo hardcore EP, you know, like very bad brains, minor threat inspired, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was like, and we loved it. It was awesome. So we ended up putting that out just cause like you, to be clear, he recorded it in the first two weeks of quarantine and we put it out on April fool's day. Yeah. Like, Whoa, that's quick. That's a quick yeah. turnaround. <laughs> yeah, and it ended up doing and like 
it was super fast and it, we ended up doing really well to our surprise like people like it. people liked it a lot you know and um yeah it ended up doing great for what it was and uh you know like and honestly i look back on it and i'm so proud of those recordings honestly everything that ultra q's put out so far i'm like so proud of um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah so that was like a very spontaneous and spur of the moment release and uh so yeah. did you record the whole record yourself or like how did you get everybody else involved yeah so that was pretty much I'd say most of it was me just writing and recording it. And then I would send it to them over like a text. And then we would have notes and stuff and like change things according to like Chris would change a beat. Cause that entire EP is recorded with electronic drums. So it's not, you know, oh, okay. So because we weren't able to meet in person. And then, sure. um, then our friend Martin, who also produced the, the EP that's about to come out, mm-hmm. he ended up, he helped us program the like better, like higher quality and he mixed it and, made it sound really nice you know um and then uh yeah and then we just kind of put it out we just we, we just kind of like screw it we're just gonna do it you know just gonna put it out anyway that's yeah. I, I love that attitude that's cool and then your new ep coming out called is called get yourself a friend and when do you start working on that one so we so i had said this before but we had recorded an album back in january right before covid oh sure you're, okay we didn't end up using any of that stuff because once we delayed the album because of COVID, it just didn't really make sense to put it out afterwards. So we had had a lot of those songs. So four of the six songs on the EP that's, that's about to come out um, are just songs from that record that we wanted to re-record and re, you know, rework. Oh, okay. And then two of them are, are new ones that we wrote in the last six months. But we recorded this EP back in April um, with Martin, who helped us, with Martin Cook, who helped us with the In a Cave in a Video Game EP as well. Um, and... Yeah, this is our first time. Like, we hadn't been on a label before. This is our first time releasing music with a label, which is really cool. Um, and how I does mean, that differ from just doing it on your own independently? It's a weird trade off. Like, uh, like, I, like, it's very nuanced because I feel like right now the narrative is very much so like do as much as you can independently, which is very uh-huh. true because, you know, if you want to, if you're able you to do to pay it, your rent. Yeah, if you're able to do <laughs> it yourself then it's obviously more lucrative for yourself to do it that way. But mm-hmm. honestly, though, what we've noticed is that with the label so far, we've had so many more opportunities to do things that we didn't have before. And it's been crazy. Like, like yeah, we have more people hearing our band right now than ever, you know, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So Just more exposure, would you say? Like, like, yeah, a lot more exposure. You know, like, it's, it's hard. I feel like more exposure, having, just... You have a good way of like, it just you know be having people on your team mm-hmm. that know what's up and have been around the block and can can get your music in front of different people that you would never have access to or just like having also also just having you know different set of eyes on on your project to to help know where to put it and yeah uh, how to be as a band it's just like going from a four-person team as all the people that are always involved to significantly more is mm-hmm. for us is is proving to be a really great thing yeah um yeah like jacob said we've been an, an, an independent band for like five years but mm-hmm. like this experience so far being on a label has been really great i think it, i think the like yeah should you be on a label or should you not is very nuanced and t- is super nuanced and t- 
totally depends on your circumstances as an artist. Sure. Yeah. yeah and, and you guys have had years of experience on the road and, and touring. I think if you're in a, maybe if your music was just, if you based everything off just streaming numbers, like maybe you had one hit song that was like a TikTok hit or something yeah. like that. I mean, I can see the, 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 you know, maybe I need a label, maybe I don't, but you guys have been grinding it out and you've done the, you've put down the, you know, the, the, you've done the legwork. So it's like, why not have a label kind of help us out? You know, yeah. you, you have the foundation. Absolutely. Like we, like you said, we have been, we've, we've been a band, we've, paid, we've been a, you know, we've played the like two tickets sold. Show. <laughs> yeah. Like we've sold two tickets in Tacoma. And one of them is my uncle. One of them is uncle. I remember that. <laughs> and you know, like I remember we played a house show in Portland once and like after the first song, everyone left, you know, and it was <laughs> like we, we've been through like that type of shit. And like, I don't know, like it definitely felt like the right time of like, yeah, you know, like we want to try and do this at a bit more of a higher level than what we're well, used just to. Right time, know? right place, right people too. Yeah. Like the, what's really cool about this label Royal mountain in they're based in Canada and um, it's the, the guy who owns it and runs it. His name's Menno. And it's like, he played in that band called Colorado and mm-hmm. like, he knows like, I don't know. It's just a different perspective when like the, the label that you're looking or that you're working with is like a guy in a suit as opposed to like, Oh, this guy is like, in a band, you know, like he's just like, he, still he gets it. You know, he's just a band guy. You know, like we saw him play a show a few weeks ago, you know? Yeah. And yeah, he uh, understands that it's, he's not just some suit trying to make a few bucks off of you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it, we've had a great experience so far and we've been with them for just under a year. So, yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. You said two of the songs on the new EP are brand new and the other ones are reworked from the, the previous record. Yeah. F- four of them. Um, yeah. We, were were reworked from that old project and then two of them were written back in like last winter so almost a year ago um but we got to work for a few of them with uh with on two of the songs we got to work with stefan the singer of pup which was really cool oh really yeah that's he, cool he helped us kind of bring you know uh finish writing a few of them which is really cool um so it, it was a crazy experience because we when that album uh that second pup record came out, we were in high school and that was like our anthem for so long. We loved that records to death. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was having the opportunity to work with them. I think didn't pup do like early on during the pandemic, uh, when everyone was doing like the live videos of them playing and they made a video, like, look, all these videos that you're seeing right now are totally pre-produced and recorded beforehand because they like went live. I think they went live on Facebook and they played together from their separate rooms and it just made this like insane like noise that just kept like spiraling. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and it like went viral for a minute. Yeah. I was like, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Those guys are the best. I mean, I've never seen them play live though, which is like, I want to see them so bad. They've, whenever they've been on tour recently, we've been on tour. That's yeah. a lot of bands I want to see. So, yeah, that was a really fun experience for sure. That's awesome. So are, are the plans to tour this this upcoming EP? Oh, yeah. We, we have a tour that we're working on for next for the spring. Um, it's hard, though. You know, like every band that's a band is trying to play right shows now. right now. You know? Right. So it's like so it's like trying to submit yourself for all these tours is so competitive right now because it's like you versus a you know, a million other bands who are also great bands. You know, it's just, it's tough. But uh, yeah, we have some shows booked for this spring that we 
we have, uh, they're not announced yet and they're, I think they're still in the works, but we're, that's awesome. We're working on it though. So yeah, that's exciting with the two new songs from the record. What, like, was that hard to write or were you writing them over zoom or at this point, were you able to get together in a room together for um, the two I, newer ones on the album? At that point, I think it was still over zoom for most of it. Like, and also I wasn't, um, I was, we weren't like all together at the time too. Like everyone was kind of working and stuff. So, uh, yeah but um yeah i mean yeah like one of the ones that was new is just came out it's called it's permanent and it's like a super Mm -hmm. i don't know how to describe it like it's kind of nonsense it's just like a goth dance song pretty much is what it comes down to but uh um that was one of the recent ones or the more recent ones um and that's been crazy to watch come out because it feels like it shouldn't be out but it is you know (laughs) but uh but yeah uh we're stoked this is this has been surreal to like put out music because it's been so long, you know, like we haven't been a band in like two years, pretty much is what it feels like. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just stoked right now. Last time we played a show was in 2019, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you haven't played a show since the pandemic. No, the last show we played was new year's of 2019. So it was right before COVID a couple of days. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Wow. Then, yeah. We have our first show again next Wednesday in LA. That's our first show back, which is going to be crazy. But uh, that'll be cool. huge. I'm, that, I'm sure that'll be in a, an emotional day, right? I mean, getting on stage for yeah. the first time in oh what, two years now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're really excited. That's cool. Yeah. And you have a video coming out for the title track to the record, right? Get yourself a friend. Yeah. Oh, my God. We're excited. <laughs> that video. Tell like, me about this video. I'm really excited to hear about it. Yeah, no. I mean, so the guy who directed it, his name's Panaki or he, he goes by Panaki. His name's Ken, but he's from Japan. And um, he was only in town. Cause he, I think he was working on an 88 rising project that or something uh, with Marvel or something. He was doing something crazy. Oh, I don't remember. Wow. Crazy. Right. <laughs> and our manager was like, Hey, like I like have a mutual friend kind of with this guy. Um, he's kind of into it. Do you want to like meet him? So he like went to lunch. I met Ken. He's super cool. Doesn't speak like a lot of English, but he's super nice. Super awesome. And his manager or his friend, Jimmy was kind of there uh, translating and stuff, which was really cool. And then he was like, yeah, let's make a video. So we had like a super small budget. And I said, you know, do whatever you want. I was like, do anything. And we show up with like our expectation was it was going to be like a really small, chill kind of, you know, relaxed thing that was, you know, like very small budget, whatever. Uh We show up and it's like the biggest video we've ever shot. And he's like doing the craziest stuff. 14 hour day. It was a 14 hour day. And it was, and <laughs> honestly though, looking back on it, like watching the video now, it's the coolest thing we've ever made. It's so cool. And I am, yeah, I'm so excited for it to come out. Like it was such an experience. Like I'll never forget that day because it was just an experience. Like, like is it just like, is it like Marvel stuff? I mean, I, I want to, I, I don't know how much you can no, share no. from it. Like how, like you're, it sounds like it's like intense. <laughs> yeah, or it's it's not. It wasn't. I'd say it's just like very aesthetically pleasing, and um, and every video we've ever made is like us and a friend in in our in like someone's garage, uh-huh. like with a green screen. Yeah, okay. but th- this was like this shot like, on like for like this. This is on YouTube. It's gonna be like five K. It was shot on like super cool. Like his 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 visual style is so cool, and it's very um. It's like it's, I, can't, I can't describe it without showing it to you. <laughs> like the way right, right, right. But it's just it's very pleasing. It's it's it was shot on film, and you know, wow. Um, 
there's something very classic about it. I would say it feels very classic. I'd say um, it's not that it's like crazy stuff, you know, like no special effects. But to us, <laughs> it's a really special, like gnarly CGI going on. No, no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just think to us, it was like a very special moment because we'd never had like that, you know, experience of like really making a video like that, you know, like really doing something. And all these people showed up for us and worked on the video for us for, you know, and it was just, yeah, we we're just super thankful for that. It was really cool. Um, so what was there a premise before you had shown up or did you kind of know what the video was going to entail? Like what it was going to be about? No, like I when I we met him once before and I said, do whatever you want. And then he, you know, we talked about a few, you know, like one of my favorite bands ever is The Cure and they have such mm -hmm. great videos. And we talked about that a little bit. And he's really into like 90s, early 2000s videos and that, like that style, you know, of video making. So we, you know, he kind of showed me some references too. And then he ended up just kind of going for it and doing his own thing. And it, it looked so cool. I, I, I can't. I just, it has to come out. Like, you have to watch it. That's the only soon. Way, it's know. coming out soon. It comes out soon. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see it. That sounds super exciting. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. And I love the record. I had a chance to hear it. And it, it's amazing, man. And I'm, that's super, super cool that you get to play a show coming up on Wednesday. I mean, it sounds like stuff's finally, <laughs> finally happening and able to happen, right? Yeah. Thank you. So much. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, that's 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 awesome. I'm glad you're able to hear it. That's that's so cool. Thank yeah, you. It, it's been great, and I appreciate you both being here, man. It's it. This has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. Of course, man. Are you in LA? I'm actually in Nashville now. I'm from Nashville. San Diego. Oh, um, nice. So I, yeah, I did radio in San Diego for a while, and then I lived up in the Bay Area on Live 105, and then moved back to San Diego. And yeah, now I, uh, I my family and I moved to Tennessee, so now we're in Nashville, and we love it here. So nice. Right. Yeah. Are you guys in LA or in LA now, or are you in still in okay. Northern California? Yeah, we're okay. still in the Bay. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, right on. Well, I have one more question for the both of you. I'm curious to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, Kevin, you want to go first? I don't know. Um, first thing that comes to mind is, uh, on honestly, um, like build each other up with your peers like that is easily the best way to get people at your show and to like hear your music is by just being a positive impact in your local music scene and uh -huh. you don't even need to be a part of like some people especially in a place like the bay area like there's such a defined music scene Mm -hmm. but that's not even necessarily what i'm talking about but like if you if you bring each other up instead of pulling each other down like that real i think people don't really understand how how much that benefits oneself and the people around you uh-huh like it's hard to describe but you know crazy things happen to artists out of nowhere like people see success and like it, it happens to people around you if you if you get involved uh in playing in, in especially live music. Yeah. I think that's like weird, weirdly. I feel like that's a, something super important that I don't really hear people talking about all the time. Yeah. I super agree with that. I mean, that, that's pretty much how we started playing was we just started playing at the record store every, like we would, we would play the record store every like once a month, at least playing, you know, Gilman street, local, yeah. you know, nonprofit played... venues. That'll... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah.
and that was just what we, we just kept playing there. 